This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Made in Cookware. What's up, gamers? It's been a little while since we uh, last talked about Activision Blizzard. Well, what are they up to? New games? The company behind such hit franchises as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, and Candy Crush for all the kids out there. And, and wait, hold on. What what was the reason that Activision Blizzard was in the news uh, last time? Making incredible games with uh, amazing stories and uh, competitive multiplayer and uh, games that aren't broken at launch. And, um, no, it wasn't that. It mm. was their toxic frat house company culture which treats female employees like dog shit, allegedly, with accusations of misogyny, sexual harassment, sexual assault, retaliation, and fewer opportunities for career advancement. Well, that doesn't sound like fun at all. No, not very epic. No. So yeah, the situation was so bad, even in an industry where those kinds of things sadly are not particularly rare, that the state of California sued Activision Blizzard following a two-year investigation into claims of gender discrimination. And that was back in July. And if you need to refresh your memory, uh, here's the video we made back then covering this absolute shitstorm. But uh, things have been relatively quiet since then. Uh, in September, the SEC started an investigation into the company for potential disclosure violations. And in a separate probe from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, Activision Blizzard agreed to pay a settlement of $18 million, which is pocket change for a company that has a market cap of over $50 billion, and a CEO who was making over $150 million a year. Well, that's egregious. Yeah. Oh, no. $18 million. All right. Like... If we can put this all behind us. When I think of, like, even, like, tech CEOs or whatever, it's like, you think, like, 10, 20 million? Like, that's a lot, but, like... You know, they're, yeah. they're, $150 million is egregious. Yeah, he's one of the highest paid CEOs in gaming. Because he, uh, he's really great at covering up uh, well, rampant Well, <laughs> that, it turns out that that's why. But, like, <laughs> yeah. but when you think about it, it's like... There's a lot to be said about these billion-dollar companies and like how terrible the products they put out are, especially at launch. But Blizzard in particular, uh, I should go back and say that all of my mentions earlier about their exquisite quality games, especially at launch, were jokes. Yeah. Because they're, the opposite a, is true. they're a company who can pay their CEO $150 million a year but literally cannot launch a game yeah. properly. But yeah, it turns out that that CEO, Mr. Bobby Kotick, was probably much more aware of issues with the company's culture than he's previously let on. And that's according to a new article this week in the Wall Street Journal, which says that since California filed its lawsuit, Activision has received more than 500 new reports from current and former employees alleging harassment, sexual assault, bullying, pay disparities, and other issues. Uh, it's a long read, and it's behind a paywall that... Uh, is very expensive. Is very expensive. But uh, let's... Let's just say I found a way. Let's read some excerpts from this article. Bobby Kotick, the longtime chief executive of video game giant Activision Blizzard, Inc., received a troubling email in July 2018. A lawyer for a former employee at Sledgehammer Games, an Activision-owned studio, alleged in the email that her client had been raped in 2016 and 2017 by her male supervisor after she had been pressured to consume too much alcohol in the office and at work events. The female employee reported the incidents to Sledgehammer's Human Resources Department and other supervisors, but nothing happened, according to the email, which threatened a lawsuit against the company. Within months of receiving the email, said people familiar with the situation, Activision reached an out-of-port settlement with the woman, who also had reported one of those incidents to the police. Mr. Kodak didn't inform the company's board of directors about the alleged rapes or the settlement, said people with knowledge of the board. Yikes. And uh, here's a story about Bobby Kodak uh, personally stepping in to protect an alleged sexual harasser. 
Dan Bunting, co-head of Activision's Treyarch studio, was accused by a female employee of sexually harassing her in 2017 after a night of drinking, according to people familiar with the incident. Activision's Human Resources Department and other supervisors launched an internal investigation in 2019 and recommended that he be fired, but Mr. Kotick intervened to keep him, these people said. Mr. Bunting, who led Treyarch through the production of several successful Call of Duty games, was given counseling and allowed to remain at the company, these people said. Mr. Bunting didn't respond to requests for comment. The Activision spokeswoman said an outside investigation was conducted in 2020. After considering potential actions in light of that investigation, the company elected not to terminate Mr. Bunting, but instead to impose other disciplinary measures, she said. Mr. Bunting left the company after the journal asked about the incident. Uh, Nothing uh, happened, but now that you mention it, I've got to go. It turns out that the problems with Activision's company cultures, it may go all the way to the top, at least according to allegations in the article about Bobby Kotick himself. Over the years, Mr. Kotick himself has been accused by several women of mistreatment, both inside and outside the workplace, and in some instances has worked to settle the complaints quickly and quietly, according to people familiar with the incidents and documents reviewed by the journal. In 2006, one of his assistants complained that he had harassed her, including by threatening in a voicemail to have her killed, (laughs) according to people familiar with the matter. He settled the matter out of court, the people said. The Activision spokeswoman said, Mr. Kodak quickly apologized 16 years ago for the obviously hyperbolic and inappropriate voicemail, and he deeply regrets the exaggeration and tone in his voicemail to this day. In 2007, he was sued by the flight attendant on a private jet he co-owned. The flight attendants claimed the plane's pilot had sexually harassed her, and after she complained to the other owner, Mr. Kodak fired her. The defendants denied the allegations uh, in a separate action related to legal fees in the case. An arbitrator, citing what he said was sworn testimony, wrote that Mr. Kodak uh, told the flight attendant and her attorneys, I'm going to destroy you. A spokesperson for Mr. Kodak denied that he said that. Uh, In 2008, they settled by paying the attendant $200,000 according to the arbitrator's decision. A spokesman for Mr. Kodak said that he couldn't have fired her in retaliation for complaining because she never complained directly to him. Checkmate. How could I fire her for complaining when I never directly heard the complaints? Mm -hmm. I sent a proxy out. Yeah. But yeah, I just gave her $200,000 to, uh, you know, make it go away. Mm -hmm. But nothing happened. Also, I might have told someone that I would have them killed, but that's just a thing I do sometimes. It's a joke I make. Yeah, it's just a little bit of an exaggeration. I'm not literally going to have them killed. I'm just going to have them killed figuratively. Yeah, in my dreams. Later. In a video game. In a video game, which I make. (laughs) Oh, damn it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's yikes. And uh, the article also includes some news stories about Activision Blizzard's pattern of alleged gender discrimination. In 2020, about 30 female employees who worked in Activision's esports division wrote an email to their unit's leaders saying that female employees had been subject to unwanted touching, demeaning comments, exclusion from important meetings, and unsolicited comments on their appearance. Mr. Kotick was aware of the email, according to people familiar with the matter. Activision spokeswoman said that after meetings with representatives of the group, the company took steps such as providing diversity and inclusion training to the esports leadership team. Former Blizzard technology chief Ben Kilgore faced multiple allegations of sexually harassing female staffers over the course of several years, according to people familiar with the matter. During a company investigation, Mr. Kilgore lied about whether he had a relationship with a lower-level employee, some of these people said. He was fired in 2018 in a move approved by Mr. Kotick. Michael Morhaime, the former head of Blizzard, sent an email to employees thanking Mr. Kilgore for his many contributions over the last four and a half years, according to a copy of the email. Some employees said they were taken aback by the praise, particularly given that they had been told not to discuss the circumstances of Mr. Kilgore's departure. 
In their 2020 letter, the female esports employees complained about the feeling of defeat when an abuser exits the company with positive public farewells. And yeah, that's... Uh, that would be a terrible thing to say. That would suck. Yeah. Like, all right, we we're, we're going to fire the guy that uh, was grabbing you people without your consent. But um, uh, let's all give a big round of applause for and this And look at guy. that beautiful gold give watch. a great send-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot more in there, but I mean, you get the gist of it. Between these new allegations and the ones in the California lawsuit, as well as in online posts from former and current employees, it sounds like Activision Blizzard is pretty much rotten to the core and has been for a while. And a key detail to all of this is that Bobby Kotick allegedly hid this stuff from the company's board of directors. They remain on Kotick's side, though, saying in a statement, The board remains confident that Bobby Kotick appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention. The goals we have set for ourselves are both critical and ambitious. The board remains confident in Bobby Kotick's leadership, commitment, and ability to achieve these goals. He's doing great. Well, maybe not great, but we're working on it. Yeah. He's, he's doing a great job at uh, the goals, our goals. Uh, I haven't seen uh, the following two seasons, but in succession, there's the... Uh, the guy who's marrying into the family that gets put in a position that is eerily similar to be just block all bad news coming yeah. to the top of the company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people draw inspiration from real life things that they've experienced. And uh, it seems like a lot of companies have people like this. Yeah. Usually it's not the CEO. Yeah, usually not. <laughs> seems like a bad uh, thing to do. But um, yeah, sounds like this place sucked to work at. Sounds like a real fucking nightmare. And it's like, I mean, people always complain about it's like oh like why won't women work in the video game and tech fields and it's like you know for every woman who actually had something like actually bad happen to them there's probably like dozens more who just got a bad vibe from the place and felt unwelcome yeah. and left because of that mm -hmm. so uh, and bad employees, news. employees at Activision Blizzard who uh, already staged a big walkout back in July to voice their anger over the allegations in the lawsuit, once again walked out following the Wall Street Journal's article's publication, with over 100 employees gathering outside the Blizzard HQ in uh, Irvine and an unknown number of remote employees stopping their work. Employees are openly demanding that Bobby Kotick be fired and replace the CEO, and that the company hire a worker-appointed third party to review the company's practices. And given what we've seen so far, uh, the company doesn't seem to have learned anything from this at all, so it's hard to be optimistic that anything is uh, really going to change, but hopefully the employees keep up the pressure and hopefully the state of California doesn't let the company off easy when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's another big risk is that they get a slap on the wrist and uh, all right, we fixed the glitch. That was the thing at the time, like I, I'd have to go back and find the article, but at the time, this is like two months after the initial walkout where there was a news article where it was just like, hey, by the way, Call of Duty Vanguard's coming out. And like in the article, it was like, we'd like to point out that no one involved in any of these allegations worked on this game, just so everyone's clear. Yeah. Uh, which may or may not be true, but it was just like ridiculous that they had to like post that in there. Yeah, they weren't involved in the allegations that you know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, not good. Yeah. It's real, real bad. Mm -hmm. And um, what can you really do? Well, I guess they're trying to do something. We'll see if it works out. Ooh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Wouldn't count on Overwatch 2 coming out on schedule. Well, nothing's coming out on schedule anymore. Ain't nothing coming out. No. Yeah. Don't count on That's it. the way of the future. Things mm -hmm. are late. And when they do come out, they're typically broken. Yeah. yeah. When they do come out, sometimes you want them to maybe have been delayed. Put it back in. A little further. Yeah. Which brings us 
to our next story. It's, it's more gaming news, but it's it's much more lighthearted gaming news. Yeah, it's a company that's having a, a terrible week for a completely opposite a, a reason that is a lot more fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah, so the Grand Theft Auto Remastered Trilogy came out last week, and the folks over at CD Projekt Red are probably breathing a huge sigh of relief because now Cyberpunk 2077 is no longer the reigning champion at just completely fucking botched and poorly optimized game releases. Yeah. I mean, this thing is just an absolute fucking mess and pretty clearly a cash grab for Rockstar, who already pulls in billions of dollars in revenue off of just GTA V and Red Dead 2. Uh, they're, they're not hurting for money. No. But they clearly just cut every possible corner. You know how many shark cards thing. they have? <laughs> and look, I mean, when they, re- when they announced the remastered GTA trilogy, uh, we were pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, what they showed in the trailer was very well, yeah. particular. They were very particular about what they showed, and it was... Um, absolutely not uh, just fluid gameplay. Yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, it looks cool. It looks, it's, uh, you know, it seems like they did a good job of taking it a was, classic game and just making it a little smoother and better looking. Something that I wouldn't have necessarily played on my PC, but would have probably enjoyed on the Nintendo Switch, where you could only uh, anticipate a, the graphical fidelity yeah. of what they were offering. So I was like, okay, cool. But then we found out that the existing versions of these three games that have been on Steam and in the uh, Rockstar launcher available for years and years, they were just getting pulled forever from mm-hmm. sale. Mm-hmm. If you if you have them already, good. Don't but, worry, we're gonna the net. You're gonna love yeah. the next version. Um, and also, that meant that years of work that modders had put into the games uh, were essentially just being erased from existence. Which that's pretty messed up. The, these games were kept popular through the modding community. Um, and uh, when Rockstar kind of just told them to fuck off. Comparisons between Rockstar's version yeah. and the modded versions, you're just like... It's so upsetting. Why wouldn't... It's like when uh, companies hire white hat hackers or like bug finders and stuff like that. It's like, look, they've... Why wouldn't you just uh, honestly probably have saved some money yeah. by just purchasing or making it financially uh, valuable for the people who have already done what appears to be great work? Yeah, I mean that's this is, isn't that what Bethesda has done for a while as well. Uh, I sounds think they kind of familiar, uh, but I mean this yeah. is the the story behind like Counter Strike. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. that was a completely modded game. It was Half from Half Life. Yeah, and Valve was just like, "Great game, you saved us a lot of work. You guys want jobs? We'll take it." Anyone under the age of mm, twenty five will never know real gaming. Yeah, because everything that happens now, you're just like, I mean. Okay, whatever. But, uh, man, the late 90s, early 2000s, shit was wild. If you had a Dreamcast, you could just get on the computer and just download whatever game you wanted. It had, like, absolutely no protection on it. Yeah, it did, yeah the Dreamcast. <laughs> just, like, at least the PlayStation 1 had, like, uh, something with the laser that stopped you. From Dreamcast just, was like... Yeah, Dreamcast was like, oh, shit. It was the Soldier Boy console of its day. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so obviously the more we learned about this, remastered trilogy, the more we were just kind of like, eh. But hey, at least Rockstar would be releasing a stable, optimized, current-gen version of these games that did away with any need for mods. Why would you need them? The game's already going to be perfect. Yeah. But no, of course fucking not. This thing is a mess. I've said it several times, but it is a mess. It is, and it keeps getting worse every day. Yeah. Uh, much like with Cyberpunk, you, YouTube is already just chock full of video compilations showing off the insane amount of bugs and glitches in these games. Uh, there's this glitch where using first-person view on a quad bike in San Andreas, 
centers CJ's big, emotionless <laughs> face in the center of the screen. And then there's this glitch where if you wiggle your car while driving, it slowly stretches and flattens the car's dimensions <laughs> until it's a big old pancake. And then like the the wheels start glitching through <laughs> yeah. the body, and yeah. it's, it's the just polygons great. start clipping into each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here's here's some real nightmare fuel: a giant NPC face texture showing up on a wall. Um, Whoops! I don't know if we should even show it because it will actually make people physically sick. But did you see when the rain comes on in the game? And when you turn, like the 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 camera follows and the turning turns, but the rain stays static. Yeah, this, so it the rain you, is like a static layer on the screen. It's like a It gives like you a, like sea legs for a second. You're yeah, like, Whoa. It, it's it's like a sprite that's just projected on and, the camera. And the heaviest rain you've ever seen in a game. Yes. Yeah, just a, you can't see through it. A hailstorm. And it's 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 not fall it's you, You'll find it. it. It will make you sick watching it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's characters' limbs getting stretched into all sort of impossible positions. There's absurd physics glitches launching cars across the map. Uh, there's players clipping through invisible holes in the map. But on top of that, there's uh, all sorts of clear evidence that this remastering process involved a lot of corner cutting. Uh, it's believed, and based on screenshots, uh, it has to be the case, yeah. that artificial intelligence was used for a lot of the uprezzing of textures and polygons with not much or seemingly any uh, QA testing to check this work. Uh, there's lots of examples from the game to support that. Uh, like, here's San Andreas Tough Nut Donuts, which is supposed to be a giant round donut next to a giant hexagonal nut. Uh, but in the remaster, both the donut and the nut are now circular. <laughs> Good luck finding a wrench that can turn that thing. Yeah, you gotta get the gator grip. Um, yeah, and they also seem to have rushed and mostly automated a lot of the character models, like this one, which is supposed to be an adult woman, but now appears to be a male child. And that's your girlfriend in the game, by the way, so... You're not being very progressive. Ugh. And uh, then there's a glitch that essentially renders the game unplayable anytime it rains in-game. Like we just said, the rain is rendered as basically a blizzard that almost completely obscures your vision and will make you a little bit nauseous if you're sensitive <laughs> to that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, and also on top of that, for some reason, it doesn't render in front of bodies of water. It <laughs> so like, if it's pouring torrential rain, if you look at like a lake or the ocean, that has no rain in front of it, it's yeah. crystal clear. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all of this is extra upsetting when compared to what the modding community had done for these games over the last several years and was still very actively doing. So there's uh, screenshots of, like, store windows and all kinds of stuff like that, where in the original games, there's a lot of gags yeah, in, jokes. in what the stores are called. Now. But the artificial intelligence doesn't understand that the jokes were written on purpose, so they have changed store names into what it thinks is the most presentable. Yeah. Yeah, there's like all sorts of typos and shit from yeah, yeah taking just text spellings and, just, and the AI can tell it there's text there, so they're gonna try to translate it. But it, no one, no one's looking over the AI's shoulder. They're just like, the AI will take care of this, and we'll be rich, well richer than we already. It was are. like a, almost it feels like a test case for an AI developing an entire game based off a pre-existing engine. Yeah. So. But yeah, the, these. Definitive editions. <laughs> it's they, such a funny name for it, too. Yeah, they are objectively worse looking than what independent modders did with the old versions of these games. For free. Yeah. Just out of the love of the craft. Yeah. Uh, but on the bright side, those modders, they have already sprung into action trying to polish this new turd 
uh, at least for PC users. Console users get fucked, I guess. Didn't they take this game off PC, though, temporarily? Maybe because of the modders? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> PC players, you're not actually able to play any of these games. Uh, I think they're back now. Okay, but for three days yes. after launch, nah, can't touch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, PC players weren't able to play any online Rockstar games for uh, part of that time due to Rockstar servers being down. Oops. It was, it was, it was a total mess up. We didn't mean to. Uh, wasn't hiding anything about this Not game at all. Not the best launch we've had. Uh, the reason for the GTA trilogy being unavailable for so long seems to be that data miners found a bunch of code in the game's files that definitely shouldn't have been there, including old internal Rockstar developer notes, uh, music that's no longer licensed, and the notorious hot coffee mode that was discovered in the original game's code, which allowed players to have sex in-game and actually cost Rockstar millions of dollars in fines. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so all in all, a huge shit show uh, for this game launch and if uh, Shibby were here, he would certainly tell you, do noi buy. Do noi buy. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's just so hilariously ironic that instead of trilogy remastered or anything else, they went with the definitive, definitive collection. Like, th- the buck stops here. Yeah. This is it. This is the definitive GTA trilogy. As God intended. Except no substitutes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Very yeah, disappointing. Anyway, we've got more news for you coming up. But first, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that's personalized for your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand in particular or to try a new one, Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can, you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit. With styles for workouts to work wear, for lounging around the house, or for a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required. They offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. So get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com newsday. That is stitchfix.com slash newsday to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitchfix.com slash newsday. And this episode is sponsored by Made In. Mm. Have you ever wondered how your favorite restaurants consistently make such delicious food? Well, the short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. Made In produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and it can easily go from stovetop to the oven, which is great for a lot of the recipes that I do. Uh, They have over 40,000 five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made In is better cookware for better meals. And right now, Made In is offering our viewers, that's you, 15% off your first order with promo code NEWSDAY. You got a chef in the family or someone learning how to cook? It is the perfect time to pick up the right tools for them. Yes. Uh, And sends a little nod. Hey, I'm ready to eat that delicious food you've been working Mm -hmm. on. Uh, This is going to be the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. So go to madeincookware.com slash newsday and use promo code newsday for 15% off your first order. That is madeincookware.com slash newsday using promo code newsday. All right, back to the news now with some more gaming news for all the gamers out there. Totally informed gaming show. Yeah. The Valve Steam Deck, a very exciting piece of gear that's basically a Nintendo Switch that can play PC games has been delayed. Oh, who could have seen it coming? Yeah. Yeah, so the Steam Deck was originally scheduled to go on sale just in time for the holidays. 
It's literally the perfect size for a stocking stuffer. You can stuff it right in a stocking, but you won't be checking your stocking and finding a Steam Deck in there because no. it's now been pushed back to February, and it's all Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> oh. Or, okay, rather, it's because of ongoing global supply chain issues which have especially impacted the availability of electronic components. Uh, no, it's because Gabe Newell's actually Santa Claus, and he's very busy right yeah. now. So Gabe Newell can't fit down that chimney no, no. more. Yeah, the chip shortage has affected the entire tech industry and also cars now. Everything. Uh, everything. And it has no end in sight. And now Christmas is ruined. Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so what's actually the reason for the chip shortage that's been ongoing throughout this pandemic? It gets talked about a lot, but let's look at the actual reasons because Wired published an article this week that explains all this. So let's read. In short, the semiconductor supply chain has become stretched in new ways that are deeply rooted and difficult to resolve. Demand is ballooning faster than chip makers can respond, especially for basic yet widespread components that are subject to the kind of big variations in demand that make investments risky. For one thing, the sheer scale of demand has been surprising. In 2020, as COVID began upending business as usual, the chip industry was already expecting an upswing. Worldwide chip sales fell 12% in 2019, according to the Semiconductor Industry Association. But in December 2019, the group predicted that global sales would grow 5.9% in 2020 and 6.3% in 2021. In fact, the latest figures showed that sales grew 29.7% <laughs> between August 2020 and August 2021. Missed that one by just a little bit. Yeah, we were way off. <laughs> Demand is being driven by technologies like cloud computing and 5G, along with growing use of chips in all manner of products from cars to home appliances. At the same time, U.S. imposed sanctions on Chinese companies like Huawei, and a leading manufacturer of smartphones and networking gear, prompted some Chinese firms to begin hoarding as much supply as possible. The surge in demand for high-tech products triggered by working from home, lockdown ennui, and a shift to e-commerce has only continued, taking many by surprise, said David Yaffe, a professor at Harvard Business School who previously served on the board of Intel. Chipmakers didn't appreciate the extent of the sustained demand until about a year ago, Yaffe says, but they can't turn on a dime. New chip-making factories cost billions of dollars and take years to build an outfit. It takes about two years to build a new factory, Yaffe notes, and factories have gotten a lot bigger, a lot more expensive, and a lot more complicated, too. Yeah, so basically the semiconductor industry was not at all prepared for how much demand was going to increase. And uh, there's the pandemic, of course, and work from home making people buy more electronics than they normally would. And then there's the fact that more products, like cars, for instance, require electronic components compared to a few years ago when they didn't. Uh, so the article yeah. also notes that only, <laughs> this is crazy, only one company makes the extreme ultraviolet lithography machines needed for uh, cutting edge chip making, and that one company cannot keep up with demand. Uh, they also point out that it's not just high-end chips that are in a crunch, but also simpler components like power controlling integrated circuits, which used to cost around a dollar and now go for as much as $150. So several chip makers are planning to expand their operations. But again, that takes a long time, years. And since their profit margins are so thin and so cyclical, it's risky to build up production capacity when demand might swing back the other direction in just a few years. Meanwhile, companies are ordering more than they actually need from manufacturers because they want to stockpile components in case they're not available later, which just adds to the supply chain crunch. This is toilet paper for computers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why the Steam Deck isn't coming out until... February, yeah. and why things like this are going to continue to happen for at least another year or so while the supply chain crunch continues. Yeah, thanks, Biden. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Uh, 
Yeah. This is all Barack Obama's fault. Mm -hmm. Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Mm -hmm. But uh, moving on now to a little update to a story from last week. Discord, the communications platform of choice for gamers and Zoomers of all stripes. And crypto nerds. Got yelled at by thousands of people on Twitter when its CEO hinted that Discord might integrate a crypto payment system and verified NFT badges. Uh, in addition to being popular among gamers, Discord is also hugely popular among crypto and NFT people and serves as the venue of choice for most collectible NFT communities. So it made sense that Discord might cater a little more to that section of their user base, but crypto and NFTs are so divisive these days that the rest of Discord's user base just weren't having it. I mean, the environmental issues around crypto were a big talking point, but also the potential for scams and fraud on the platform and just the fact that a lot of people find crypto bros extremely annoying. Mm -hmm. So two days later, Discord CEO Jason Citrone posted a follow-up to his initial tweet saying, Thanks for all the perspectives, everyone. We have no current plans to ship this internal concept. For now, we're focused on protecting users from spam, scams, and fraud. Web3 has lots of good, but also lots of problems we need to work through at our scale. More soon. So not exactly the we're not doing this kind of uh, explanation. More like we're putting a pin in this until you guys calm down and forget about it. Yeah. And then once everyone yeah. else... Cause Sounds like you guys weren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. Yeah. And then you will still hate it. Yeah. But we won't care about you anymore because you will have aged out uh, of the marketable group. Gamers, we heard you loud and clear. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're not going to be needing Discord Nitro from the uh, from the old folks' home. Oh, man. There was a <laughs> little NFT, some other NFT news. Someone who got, like, sanctioned for, uh, uh, like, being involved in a bunch of, like, crimes. Mm. Uh, like uh, ransomware crimes. They got sanctioned by the U.S. government, and it turns out they own a bunch of NFTs. Mm. So now those NFTs are like literally illegal. No one's allowed to buy them, Ooh. which makes them rare pepes. Extremely rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. literally a crime to buy this lazy lion. They're going to be fun. tossed around on the black market like crazy, just like real art. Mm -hmm. That was like, you know, like how art was stolen by uh, the Nazis yeah. and then kind of like disappeared after World War II only to uh, pop up every once in a while in like Christie's yeah. auctions and stuff. It's going to be like that. Yeah, except the art's way shittier. Yeah, well, yes, of course. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. You see that like, uh, oh, there was another like big story. It was like uh, that Gary V guy, um, he put out a book and basically, if you bought 12 copies of his book, you got an NFT. Why would anyone buy 12 copies of a To book? get the NFT, Elliot! What are you missing here? Anyways, he sold a million copies because everyone just bought 12 copies of the book to get the NFT. Which is like, that. every company is going to do that now. That's so, on, on top of the wastefulness of uh, yeah, NFTs, wasting, wasting <laughs> just cutting a bunch of trees down yeah. to sell books that are, no one's buying 12 of anything, especially books. Yeah. Like, what happens to all these fucking books? Maybe it was audio books. It. It, it. The picture I saw looked like actual stacked books, but that could be in anything. Oh, my God. Like, but, uh, yeah, and it's just like, you could imagine any, like, artist, like, or musician doing this. Just like, if you buy, you know, 12 copies of this vinyl... Yeah. You get an NFT of the vinyl. And that, and this is probably going to put his book at the very top of the New York Times bestseller. Yeah, a little cross next yeah, to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have some disclosures to make yeah. about this bestseller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something. Wow, I hate it here. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for the, today's episode. Uh, if you haven't watched our most recent one about Alex Jones and uh, Steve Bannon just getting deep-dicked by the law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Check that out. Also, uh, satellite getting blown out of space by the Russians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very fun stuff. Space junk. Yeah. And also, Weekly Weird News, where we talked about uh, a brothel offering some incentives if you choose to get vaccinated there. And a wild concert experience. Yep. (laughs) She apologized finally. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? No, no. Stop. Stop it. You're fine. Everyone, first of all, everyone already forgot about it. Yeah. Anyway, see you soon. Check those out. (laughs) Bye. Bye.